From South Bend, Indiana, I'm Jacob Titus. Welcome to episode 20 of This Day in South Bend. Today is April 30th, 2020. In the late 1800s and early 1900s, South Bend had two main newspapers, the South Bend Tribune and the South Bend News Times. It's not too much of a generalization to say that these two papers fell along partisan lines, the Tribune as a Republican paper and the News Times Democratic. And so it was common, at least in the Tribune, to see outright support of the local Democratic Party and outright rebukes of the South Bend News Times and their coverage of local politics. But today's article contains a level of vitriol for an employee at the News Times beyond what you would normally see in the Tribune. And that's because he broke what at the time seems to be universally agreed upon as the golden rule in South Bend. We don't speak ill of the city. And so today we turn to April 30th, 1888, to the front page of the South Bend Tribune for a forceful rebuke of a News Times employee's dispatch that made it all the way into the Chicago Herald. Injuring South Bend by advertising it as the wickedest city in the country. Citizens of South Bend, and especially businessmen and property owners, were never so mad in their lives as when they read the telegraphic dispatch from here to the Chicago Herald by W.R. McCracken, a prominent Democrat and compositor in the Times office. He was a defeated candidate for city clerk in the Democratic convention and therefore may not have been in the best of humor when he sent the dispatch last Friday night, which appeared in the Herald of Saturday. Never in the history of our city was it given such a reputation as he gives it, and all for the purposes of injuring Honorable H.B. Miller's prospects for the mayorality. As Captain C.B. Van Pelt tersely puts it, he aimed at H.B. Miller and missed him, but hit the whole town. In one place, McCracken says, Today finds South Bend probably the wickedest city of its size in the country. In another, he says, There are more gambling houses and a larger number of gamblers here now than ever before existed more frail women, and houses of ill repute than it would seem possible to find means of support in a town of 40,000 inhabitants, and some low dives which might throw in the shade the Wisconsin and Michigan dens of infamy. It is such false statements as these which have made our citizens, regardless of parties, so indifferent. There is not a man, woman, or child in the city but knows they are false. Thanks to our city officials and the present efficient police force, there is not a single gambling den in the city. One man who has had considerable dealings with gamblers here says that they have all gone to Elkhart, and that there is to his certain knowledge not a game house running here. The policemen are so watchful that it is impossible to run a game house with any degree of safety. As to houses of prostitution, there are less of them than at any time within 10 years. Under these circumstances, our citizens feel outraged to have such slanderous statements printed in so widely circulated a paper as the Chicago Herald. These statements will do our city more injury than can be remedied by our Businessmen's Association in two years. 
the citizens of South Bend, regardless of their political affiliaments, will bear the tribune out in saying that no city of its size in the country has less gambling and prostitution within its limits than South Bend. Our mayor, marshal, and all the policemen now on the force have given these two evils their closest attention. They have done it quietly, but nonetheless efficiently. Knowing this, the indignation of our citizens over the McCracken dispatch is as justifiable as the contents of the dispatch are false. Before we go, I thought we might experiment with a new segment for the show. As I've been looking through the paper, I get distracted by all of the ads, partially because a lot of them are for, are for kinds of businesses that just don't exist anymore, but also because our ways of speaking have changed so much. And so today I want to read an ad for a grocery store on this day in 1892. Porter don't keep good groceries. He sells them. See? In fact, he don't keep anything that's very good for the simple reason that his customers think there is nothing too good for them and consequently become buyers. You are invited to become one of Porter's customers, then can practically solve the problem why Porter don't keep good groceries. Try us for anything you may need in baked stuff. We think our bakery is a good one. You will too, if you try it. Until tomorrow, thank you for listening.